Thank you for joining us here today at Calvary Church, where we are committed to loving God and loving people. If you have any questions or want to learn more about who we are, visit us online at calvary.ca. Now let's check out this week's message. Hey, Calvary, this is John Burns, and I have the privilege of preaching this weekend at your church. And I, I, I'm a grandfather um, eight times over. Actually, my youngest grandchild is 17. Can you believe it? My oldest is 27. And I, I always tell dads especially, it's the greatest surprise awaiting every dad is granddadhood. And I love it. I love it for lots of different reasons, but I find today, especially with this younger generation, they are so keen to listen to someone that's been there, done that, and actually they can trust, knows that loves them and makes a difference. I always say it like this, they're so keen to listen to white hair. (laughs) Why? Because I think this younger generation, um, with our phones and everything, we got the world at our fingertips. It's no lack of information but it's just a lack sometimes of wisdom. What do we do with all this information? So I love it as a granddad. I really do look forward to taking opportunities with my grandchildren to sit down. And what I want to do is not tell them the most rocket science thing they've ever heard, but tell them something from my heart that means the most, that's really going to be something they can build their life on because I've been there, done that. And uh, that's what I'd like to do today. I'd like to take the next few minutes and do a granddad thing. And so um, I want to actually go to part of the Bible, which I think is written like that. And it's written by a granddad. And uh, he's been through it all, many, much more than, than I've been through, I'm sure. And he's sitting back and telling what is most important to him. And his name's David. All right. So I'd love to go and take what David says in one of my favorite psalms. Actually, I think it was the first one I ever memorized because it was so important. And it still is to me today. David in Psalms 103, he says, bless the Lord, O my soul. Now, right there, you need to stop and recognize David is talking to himself. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Or bless the Lord, John, or whatever your name is. Talk to yourself. Bless the Lord. And I don't know if you ever do this. Do you ever talk to yourself? A lot of people think, you talk to yourself? I do all the time. And I think it's a good thing to do. Why? Because we need to actually be responsible for what's going on up here. And the best way we can take charge up here is with what comes out here. What comes out of our mouth, it's really impossible to say one thing and think another thing. So how do you take control of your thoughts? The Bible tells us that we need to take every thought captive and make it obey the word of God. But how do you take a thought captive? You use your words. So David talked to himself. Now, I don't know if you've got a mind like this. I'm pretty well sure you do because... Psychology tells us that 80% of what comes, what is the self-talk, which comes out of us, you know, what we're, we're listening to, what's going on up here, 80% of it is negative. 
Really, if you let yourself talk to you, you got, you got all of the negative things coming up. It's just human nature. And then they tell us that 90% of that is repetitive. So if you're not talking to yourself, then you're listening. And I would rather be talking to myself than listening to myself, <laughs> really. If I'm listening to myself, I'm hearing the negative things of yesterday and it's on repeat. And so recognizing that what we speak, what, what's coming out of us is actually directing our lives. James chapter three says it's like a rudder on a ship or a bit in a horse's mouth. It's directing our lives. If we continually listen to what the negative is, and it's on repeat. It's like we're chasing our tails. We're not going where we need to go. If you want to take control of your life, be like David. That's why David's sitting down and giving us this grandfather message. He says, talk to yourself. Bless the Lord. What does it mean to bless the Lord? It means to lift him up, to exalt him. You know, give him your, your very best. Why? Because when we're blessing the Lord, we're actually doing what he wants us to be doing and our lives flowing in that right direction. And then he says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Just, not just with your brain, not just with what, what, what you think and what you do, but everything, every fiber of our being. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Oh, I do feel like, you know, the granddad thing where David is sitting down and telling his grandchildren, I can't tell you anything more important. Now, you know, David wrote most of the Psalms. David has done so much. You think David could just sit back and take it easy, but you can't. You can't. Why? Because this thing up here, it continually is, is, is going in a direction and you need to take control of it. David needed to in his old age. He wrote this in his old age. And I've been around for a while. <laughs> I've been pastoring for decades. And I'll tell you, it doesn't, it, it doesn't go away. We need to take this opportunity all the time to talk to yourself and tell yourself, bless the Lord with every thought, with every word, with every action, with everything you do, John. Bless the Lord. Lift him up. Exalt him. And it'll make a difference in your life. Then he goes on to say, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. I love the name of the Lord, don't you? You know, I, I, I love worship songs. And I find the, this, the worship songs that sing about the name of the Lord, the name that's above every other name, are the ones that catch my heart. Why? Because he gave us that name, the name of Jesus. Some of you might remember, there was a, I think the Gaithers wrote it, and it's one of my all-time favorite songs. It just says, Jesus, Jesus, there's something about that name. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, when you're singing the name of Jesus, bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name. The name of Jesus is something we get to live in. He's, he gave us that name. Philippians chapter 2 tells us that, that, that he, he wasn't ashamed to leave his home in glory and come and be human just like us, all God but all man. And, and then he, he, he actually humbled himself to a death, a death of the cross. And then God the Father exalted him with a name that's above every other name. Think about it. The name that's above every other name. So at the name of Jesus, every other name shall bow its knee. And there's a lot of things in this world that have a name. 
You know, there's, there's diseases that have a name. There's, there's battles that have a name. I don't know what you're facing in your life, but I'm pretty sure it has a name. I know a name that's above that name. It's the name of Jesus, and it's above every other name. And really, if you think about what the name of Jesus does, is when you speak that name, whatever it is that you thought was the mountain becomes the molehill, and the name that's above every name is bigger than that name. There's a new song that I love. It's a worship song that just says, I speak Jesus. I speak Jesus. And it's a song of deliverance. It's, it, it's a song that talks about when things aren't going easy, when, when you're, you're, you've got black clouds over your life and you don't know what to do with things. I speak Jesus, the name above every other name, because at that name, every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess Jesus is Lord. At that name, whatever it is, it seems so big and controlling in your life, it's got to bow its knee to the name that's above every name. That's why David, in, in giving us these, these words that I think could be the most important words, if he was to sit down with you, his whatever great-grand you know, child, and just tell you what's most important in life, he would say, bless the Lord with all that's within you. Bless his holy name. And then he goes on to say, bless the Lord and forget not all his benefits. Forget not all his benefits means that it's something we need to actually work on because if we don't, we'll, we, we'll forget. Um, a lot of people think, no, I'll never forget. Yes, you will. <laughs> it's like drifting. You know, everybody drifts. If you don't want to drift, you have to do something to stay anchored, to stay in the place that you want to be in life. And if you don't do anything, it's like if I asked you, what do you have to do to drift? The answer, nothing. Just do nothing and your life will drift. You'll, you'll be blown back and forth with the winds of whatever the culture is saying. And I don't know about you, but I'm not really a fan of the direction that much of our culture is going in. So if you don't do anything, don't be surprised if you just drift in that direction. And it's the same with all his benefits. If we don't actually engage and bless the Lord, talk to yourself, and forget not all his benefits. You know, his benefits, what are they? There's so many, so many. Um, I was looking up the word. I love doing a word study on the things in the Bible to understand it better. And if you look up the word benefits and the root word of, the benef uh, of benefits, it's interesting. It's the same root word as camel. <laughs> you know what a camel is? Um, but Today, we think a camel is just a kind of a, a, a neat animal, very different. Um, you know, you, you go to a zoo and, wow, look, at that's a camel. Well, if you lived in the Middle East in the first century, um, a, the, you know, a camel was well known. It was called the ship of the desert. And with a camel, you could survive the deserts of life. You could survive the, the difficult things of life. You, you actually were known as someone that had, had resources. You know, prosperous people had, had a camel. And I think if you forget not all his benefits, that means you, you work to remember. To forget not means you gotta do something to remember. Otherwise, you just will drift and forget. So if you do something to remember all, and, and, and I love, that's a big word, all, A-L-L, -L, all 
his benefits. It's, it's like having this camel that, that will let, help you survive through the deserts of life. And you know, if you haven't had a desert, if you haven't had a difficult, challenging time of life, just wait. It's coming. It's part of life. And how do we get through those things? We remember. We, we forget not means we do the work to remember all his benefits. I remember when my life changed. Wow. And I discovered the word of God. I've been to church all my life and, and uh, you know, I was doing all that with this. I was doing it for God. It was a duty to, you know, go to church and all this. And then I discovered the word of God is true. It's alive. It's active. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It's got answers for life. And I would just get in that word and I found something and that, that was a benefit, and I just, I just made sure that I continually built that into my life. I was so thankful. It changed my life. You've talked to my, my wife. She'll tell you that um, my language changed, and I think our language needs to change. We need to stop talking about all the things that aren't working in our life, and we need to start talking about, you know, God's on my side, and when God's on my side, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. I believe what the Word of God says. I believe I have all that. All, all the blessings of God are in my life, that he's already blessed me with every heavenly blessing in heavenly places. Just go on and on and tell yourself, Make yourself remember all those blessings. And you know what happens when you are doing the work to remember all his blessings? You are taking control of this. And what's not happening is all the self-talk about all the negative things that are going on. I don't know about you, but I, one of the keys to my life, I think, is how much I talk to myself. I talk more than I listen to myself. I do. I talk to myself, I tell myself the blessings, the word of God, the things that God has done in my life, and that overcomes all the negative things. And this is the, like a grandfather message. It sounds so simple, but it's so important, so life-giving. So bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name, and forget not all his benefits. Who, what? Well, he forgives all, all. That's a big word, all my iniquities. You know, he forgives all, means not just the things you can remember, but all, everything. Uh, do you know that nobody, I, I, I really believe no one will be in hell because of sin. Why? Because Jesus took care of it all on the cross. But if we don't receive, if we reject what he did, that's what sends people to hell. So we get to actually be thankful for the forgiveness who forgives all my iniquities, who forgives. It's not thinking about the sins as much as it's thinking about the forgiveness. It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance, not the, oh, how bad I am, how awful I am. Oh, I kind of hate that, that kind of guilt stuff all the time. No, it's the goodness of God. Who, who forgives all my iniquities. That means past, present, and future. All my iniquities. He took it all on the cross. 
You know, so often the, the devil will come to try to remind you of what you did wrong and what all this and this and this and this and this. And he wants to point you to all the negative things. You just have to use your mouth and talk about all the things that Jesus did and point him to the cross because it's all nailed on that cross. I have a, a, a good friend that I went through university with and uh, he's, a, he's a great guy. He's a Christian. I think... I think pretty well all, you know, all his life. Well, he, he let me know not too long ago that he was battling with depression. He said, please pray for me. And so I did. And then he, you know, it went away and then come back and oh, this and this. So, so I called him. What's going on? And you know what it is? It's simple. He can't forgive himself. And worse, he believes God can't forgive him. And actually what we're talking about isn't some, you know, huge thing. It's, but, but the fact is that if you don't have forgiveness, then you have the weight and the guilt of all that sin. Have you ever heard somebody talk about when they got saved? You know, I asked Jesus to come into my heart and the weight of the world came off my shoulders. You know what that weight is? It's the guilt of sin. And when Jesus comes into your heart, forgiveness comes in and the, the weight is gone. And it's interesting because he talked about how there's this black cloud over his life. And you know that black cloud weighs a lot. And that black cloud, Jesus took care of that on the cross and we need to continually bless the Lord and remember all his benefits. Who forgives all my iniquities? Oh, there's so many things. If I was to go back and write a list of all the negative things, it would go on and on and on, but I don't want to. What I want to do is write a list of the positive things. What happened on that cross 2,000 years ago where he took my place on that cross and he paid the price and forever and ever, it's done. It's done. It's finished. It's paid for. Think about it. David's writing this, okay? Now, I don't know about you, but I, I've never committed adultery to, and, and, and I've never actually did what was even, you know, beyond that. He, in order to cover it up, he had Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, murdered. I've never done anything like that, you know, and not that we're supposed to be comparing sins. But the fact is David had some black cloud. David had some weighty clouds that, that were taken over his life. And he was even pre-Jesus which meant everything he had faith in was in a God that was going to send the Messiah. And Jesus came after David and paid the price. We get the, the, the benefit of post-Jesus. We get to look at history, and, and it's a fact. It's done. He's already paid the price. So whatever it is that seems to be a weight on your shoulders, please remember Okay, do the work to not forget, which means remember, which means talk to yourself, which means tell yourself over and over and over again. Sometimes you got to do it over and over because some of that negative stuff is so imprinted. We need to work to, to, to positively change the way we think. That's why the Bible tells us that we need to renew our minds. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, we need to don't be conformed to this world. Don't be squeezed into the world's mold. Don't look like the world, act like the world, be like the world, but 
transform yourself. Be metamorphosized like, a, like a, a, a butterfly, a whole new creation. How? By the renewing of our mind, that we may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. How do you renew your mind? You take captive all the wrong thoughts. How? By, by, by speaking the right thoughts. Think about it. If, if I was to um, tell you right now, uh, you, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a big black dog outside, every single person right now listening would be thinking a black dog. How do you stop thinking of black dog? You gotta be talking, you gotta use your mouth, you gotta actually um, steer your thoughts in the right way. There's, a, there's a, a savior, he's on a cross, he's looking across the years and he's dying for you because he loves you. God so loved you that he sent his only begotten son into the world to pay the price that no one else could pay. No one else could, could actually give their life to pay for your sins, my sins. Why? Because the, the, there was none other that was free of sin. Jesus, the son of God. Anyway, think about it. And then use your words. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Talk to yourself. And all that's within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all my iniquities, who heals all my diseases. I know that's hard to understand. And I was listening to a preacher that most people, you know, if you've been a Christian for a while, you probably know this, this person. And, and he was going on and on, and he, he was, yes, 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 God for, forgives all our iniquities. But I want to tell you, he doesn't heal all your diseases. And, and I thought, how did you do that? How did you change that, the, the, the words in that to, to be correct on the front half, but not on the back half? This is, the fact is, what the Bible says is, by his stripes we were healed. Now explain that to me, John. I can't. I'm sorry. I, I don't understand it. But do you know that understanding is not where faith comes from? Faith doesn't come from understanding. Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God, which again brings me back to bless the Lord, oh my soul. Talk to yourself and tell him all the good things. Tell yourself all the good things that God says. And, and I don't know. I don't think the goal is that whatever it is that, that is plaguing us right now is, is healed and taken away. I think the goal is that we bless the Lord. I think the goal is that we have faith, that, that, that to our last breath, we're thanking God for all that he did for us. And even if we don't understand it. So I'm not saying I understand it. I'm just saying I believe it. Why? Because that's what the Bible says. Who heals all my diseases? Now, some people think, well, I can, I can believe that for like a headache. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can believe that for the flu and, you know, a few things like that. But, but you know that this is really serious. Well, we just had a, a pastor couple with us um, a little while ago. And they're from Williamsburg, Virginia. Interesting because uh, I think he just turned 60 but they have 10 children and it's all their own. And I come from a, a big family. I'm the second oldest of 11. So when we were there at their house, boy, we could talk stories and I had so much fun with them. But so interesting. He's a great guy and he was in thinking, 
everything was good, his health was good and everything. And about, I think it was about four years ago, um, he had a cardiac arrest. All of a sudden his heart stopped. And you know, if your heart stops, the blood flow stops. And you know what the flow of blood in your system, what the purpose of it is, it's to actually transport oxygen to every cell, especially your brain cells. So when his heart stopped, his brain cells were deprived of oxygen for, listen to this, 33 minutes. Yes, 33 minutes. It's, it, it's, it's in the history books. And of course, you're not supposed to be able to survive that. You know, they, they typically give you like eight minutes and that's about it. 33 minutes. So they survived. They, they, they got his heart going again and told his wife, because 33 minutes, told his wife, don't expect anything. He's going to be a vegetable if he comes through this. Well, he not only is not a vegetable, but in order to prove that the brain cells were working, he had just finished a master's degree of theology from Southeastern University. And now, after all this happened, he went back and he went through the doctorate, his doctorate degree, he, he got his doctorate degree, which is typically a three-year course, and then a six-year dissertation. And he did the whole thing in two years. They've never had anybody do it that fast. And they're actually asking him to write uh, something on how you could do this whole thing in two years. And it's interesting because uh, his answer is easy, just die. <laughs> and then let God resurrect you and... I don't know. That's, that's a, I'm just ad-libbing that on. But anyway, if you think that God can only heal a flu, think again. I don't know if you can get any worse than having 33 minutes your brain cells deprived. He can heal anything. God can heal anything. And, and let's not ask the questions, well, why not, and what if, and all the rest. Let's just believe what the Word of God says and do the work to forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who crowns your life with, oh, the next word is who redeems you from destruction. I love that. The word redeem means to buy back. So it's, it means you were there and you fell and now we're gonna redeem, buy back. So um, when, when we get our lives turned around and we're living for God, uh, we get saved, we're, we're on top and rising. And then sometimes we can mess up. Sometimes we can fall down. And to be redeemed from that fall down means to get back up again. And I think that's so important. You know how many times you can get back up again? There's no limit. Infinite who redeems, who buys back, who, who you can get back up again. I often tell parents, you know, they're trying to teach their kids to never fall down. You can't do that. <laughs> as much as you teach them not to fall, they'll find a new way to fall down. But if you teach them to get back up again, they'll always win. If you teach them to get back up, why? Because who wins is not the one who never falls. It's the one that gets back up again and again and again, who redeems my life from destruction. You, it's not over. You, it's not like it's, it's too bad. I can never get back again. Yes, you can. You can get back up again. How many times have you fallen? It doesn't matter. You can get back up again. You can get back up again. And if you know that, that you're never going to be able to fall beyond God's ability to lift you back up again, it gives you confidence to stay up. 
But if there's always a fear of falling, um, you know, it's like I, I golf a lot. And when you're golfing and you see, say, your, your ball is supposed to go straight that way, and if it goes a little bit to the left, you'll be in the water. You know what you don't want to do? Look at the water. <laughs> you, you want to block that out and look straight ahead. And it's the same thing if you know that you can keep going because God will continually lift you back up again. You won't be looking at falling. You won't be looking at all the messing up that so often happens in our life. And then he goes on to say, who crowns your life with loving kindness and tender mercies. Wow. Crowns your life. It's interesting. Think about a crown. Crown something that circles your thinking. Okay? And it's the front, left, right, back. It's 365 degrees. And it's loving kindness and tender mercies. Loving kindness and tender mercies aren't for you. They're for the people that you get to exercise that for. Think about a crown. It's not for you. I don't know if I've never had a, you know, a royalty crown, but if I was a king, I don't, I don't think I'd wear my crown to bed because <laughs> it's so comfortable. No, no, the crown is for others to see that you have the, the royalty of, of who you are, and it's not so much about you, it's about, about who you represent. And I think our lives need to represent the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And the best way to do that is with loving kindness and tender mercies. You go through life and you, you are always looking for opportunities to be kind. You know, kindness opens the heart of every single person. You got somebody difficult in your life that, that just, you just I, I, I can't figure this person out. This person is just so hard to live with. Try kindness. Kindness opens the heart of every single person. Tender mercies. Mercies is, is not giving you what you deserve in life. Well, they deserve it. No, no, no. We deserved a lot. But God didn't give us what we deserved. He gave us tender mercies and loving kindness. And that's what we get to give other people. It's like, why do you wear the clothes that you wear when you get up? Um, and, you know, it might be because you think they, they look good, but you're actually thinking what others think when they see those clothes. And that's what loving kindness and tender mercies, it's what others see when they see you acting like that. It opens up the avenue that you get to share with them who it is that you're all about. Who is the one that, that you represent the royalty in your life? And it is Jesus. Amen? And then he goes on to say, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Wow, this is so good. Who satisfies your mouth. I don't think he's talking about what goes into your mouth because that's not what makes a difference in the world. It's what comes out of your mouth. It's the words that we speak. And when we speak God's words, when we speak words that line up with the word of God, with what God says, we actually in it have, have this result, which is so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. You know, I'm 70 years old, and, 
and people think, oh, boy, that's really old. It's just a number. <laughs> I've always chosen to be, I, one of my goals in life is to be the oldest living teenager. Uh, I just figure you'd never have to grow up. You could always be young. But I think the way to be young, like David says, is to actually satisfy your mouth, use your mouth, speak the words that God says, and it keeps you young and alive. Joshua chapter 1 says, This book of the law shall not depart from my mouth. I'm going to speak this over and over and over again so that I meditate. Think it, think it, think it. You, you want to take control of this? You use this. This is how you control this. So that I meditated in day and night so that I can do all that's written therein. You know, th our actions will follow what we're thinking, but our thinking will follow what we're speaking. So learn to speak. What does the Word of God say? Stop. Stop all those, those things that everybody says all the time. Well, it never works for me. You know, everything always goes wrong. If it's going to be the, the, you know, a, the wrong person in the wrong lineup, it'll be me. Stop saying those things. You just say what God says. And just, just tell yourself, speak to yourself. And as you do, that Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says, so that you do all that's written therein, for then you will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. A lot of times we're praying for God. God, make my way prosperous. God, give me good success. And, 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 and I think God's saying, I already gave you everything you need. He's given us the Holy Spirit who brings alive the word of God. He's given us his word, the, the word that's above every other word, the name that's above every other name. We need to actually use that in our life, and then we're the ones that are responsible to make our life prosperous and have good success. And good success is not about having more cars and, and trains and all that stuff. Um, no, good success is about having a life that makes a difference, having a life that, that leaves a legacy for generations to come. I think of your church. I mean, you've got an amazing church, amazing legacy behind this church. And the ones that, that have paid the price that this beautiful building is here so you know that even the seat that you get to sit on is here all those things they didn't happen because somebody prayed god out of heaven drop the building drop the chairs no 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 they did the work to be the person to to be the you know sometimes a hard worker to be the one that's out there making their way prosperous and having good success so that they can actually use it to really build success into the world and then he says, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I've taught on eagles for years, and uh, I won't spend much time, but I'll just tell you, eagles are majestic. There's 32 times in the Bible where it refers to our life as eagles. <laughs> I remember as a boy, you know, driving in a car, and you'd see an eagle, and look, 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 everybody, look, there's an eagle. I don't know if anybody ever did that. There's a seagull. There's a crow. No, <laughs> there's something about an eagle. They stand out. They stand alone. They, they are long living, and they actually are majestic in so many ways. They mate for life. They, um, they build a nest that, that they keep on building for generations to come. They, they overcome so many enemies. There's many things about eagles that you and I can be more and more like. But the way that we do that is that 
Your mouth is satisfied with good things so that. Use your words. Use your words. Speak in align with what does God say. And as you do, it's like eagles go through a molting process where they, they, they have to actually pull out some of the, the feathers that, that are, are, you know, injured or ruffled or whatever. And so often in our lives, we got things that happen that we need to, to get rid of. And the way to do it is speak, what does God say? And as we do, our lives change. So that's my grandfather message. Uh, I'd just love to pray for you as we close. Can I do that? Just bow your heads with me. Father, thank you for your word. Father, I thank you that you gave us everything we need to have life and that more abundantly. I pray for every person that's listening right now. Lord, something, something that I said that, that comes out of your word. Lord, make it, make it alive and, and, and active in their life. That they can walk away with, a, I can do that. I understand that. I, I believe that. Make a difference in my life. And I pray that the result will be many around will recognize the crown of tender mercies and loving kindness and recognize that we have this Savior. We belong to royalty. We belong to you. And I give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.